This is Carrie Tab, and she is a concerned mom of an Erie High student. Carrie, is that you? I'm here. All righty. Thank you so much for coming on the air with us today to introduce our topic as we talk about some of the concerns that uh, folks have had. It's also been obviously in the news um, uh, this weekend. Uh, you know, there was an op-ed about um, keeping peace at Erie High. Um, but uh, we want you. We wanted to give you an opportunity to give your story, uh, Carrie, and um, just kind of start from the beginning. You know, wh- um, what happened? When did you kind of get wind of what was going on? Um, well, my daughter actually brought it to my attention. Um, we kind of heard a bunch of rumors flying around while we've been, you know, parents out there talking while we were waiting to pick up our kids. Um, and then my daughter had showed me a few videos that had been circulating through. And I mean, I always understood that there's fights and there's, I mean, I'm not naive to that, but when I just, some of them, the brutality of them was just completely out of my even thought process. Can, can you, can you I be, sp- to- Carrie, can you be specific about that? Sure. Because the, the video that I've seen, um, the video I've seen is that, um, uh, it's been kind of all, you know, faded out. They do the, they blur it out for, uh, you know, so they don't show the, the faces of minors, but can you explain, right. you know, what exactly the, the, you're, you're speaking of brutality of a, of a fight. Can you explain what's going on? I mean, some of them, I mean, there were multiples that I had seen. One of them was, I mean, they, most of the fights I saw were between girls. Let me just say that. Um, but actually yanking out hair. I mean, some of the girls had those braids in their hair and they were actually ripped right from the skull. They were pulling them by the hair, dragging them down a flight of stairs backwards um, while they're punching this poor girl. I mean, that's the one that blew my mind. Is there any evidence of any adults in any proximity to the fights? I mean, they, I saw that the, the teachers and the, um, I'm guessing, administrators responding fairly quickly. I mean, they weren't there instantly, but, again, that school is so big. And the way, even some of the, the videos that I've seen of my daughters, that there's three, four, five kids deep before the administrators can even get through them to get to when these fights start. So, the, so there's a, a big crowd of kids that are surrounding the fighting ones, um, uh, is right. what you're saying. Okay. The, yeah, yeah. Go ahead. So, so uh, no, go ahead. I was going to say, the, what, what, I'm, what I'm understanding is, is that many of these fights kind of start on social media. Do, do, have, have your children caught in wind that, hey, there's, there's you know, it's like you know, like in the old days, they said there's gonna be a rumble tonight. Or I mean, are you get? I mean, I, I hate to I hate to you, yeah, I hate to be. I'm I'm not trying to be cute or anything, but I mean, are there are is there fair warning that's out in social media that you know what something might happen today at school? Sometimes, um, and it's nice because I do since and maybe now just because I'm more aware of it because I'm being brought into a lot more things because I had the big mouth that was out there. Um, but to see the proactiveness of a lot of things that I didn't realize was going on, there is a lot of um, behind the scenes things that are going like when these things go out, there's 
the Blue Coats, there's administration that knows about it that are trying to get in touch with the police or get in touch with um, parents of these kids that are involved to try to nix it before it gets to them. But they had Facebook groups popping up like crazy, warning kids of different, or, you know, giving kids the heads up like, hey, it's such and such an address, we're going to go take care of this or we're going to go jump this person. But the, the, as fast as they're going up, people are reporting it on Facebook, taking them down. Wow. So, so, um, so since you went in front of the school board uh, and, and, and have all, it also been brought in on some of the efforts, but it sounded like you were kind of a catalyst to say, hey, you know, this, this stuff is going on and there's been a, a positive reaction. Uh, would you say, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but describe, you know, yeah. yeah, describe what's been happening since you brought it to the attention of the school board, even though they already knew about it, obviously. Right. Well, that's the biggest thing. That's what I wanted to be to be brought is, hey, can you let us know as parents? I understand that you might be doing all you can at the school, but we don't know that. We as parents are sitting, you know, I'm like, like you said, my daughter bring home that video. I look at the video and I'm like, well, what if you were walking down that hallway? What if you were an innocent bystander? Nobody let us know that those kind of things were in place. And um, I don't want to say that I, and I tried to, to encourage, I tried to get my viewpoint out to the administrators before I even went to the school board because it, and, and every time I, it was like getting fluffed under the rug, getting fluffed under the rug. Nobody would, nobody would return my calls. Nobody would say anything. So finally, that's when I was like, all right, enough's enough. If I raise a big enough stink, maybe somebody, and as soon as they knew that I was going to be all over the news, as soon as they knew that I wasn't going anywhere, then all of a sudden it was, oh, well, here's all the positive things we're doing. Here's all, well, why didn't you guys do that from the beginning? Yeah, that's that unfortunate. That's unfortunate to hear that you uh, that you, because again, the public statements have been: if parents have concerns, let us know. We want we want to interact. But if you were bringing those concerns and not getting any uh, relief, uh, that's really disappointing to hear. I, I want to ask you: um, do you, do you feel safe about your daughter being at Erie High now? I think because. They know that there's a group of us parents that aren't going to let things be fluffed under the rug anymore, that we're not just going to take their, oh, everything's getting better word at, at you know, as, as, you know, law, so to speak. I think I, I feel a lot better because they know that the second I hear anything, the second I can relay anything, that it's not going to go anywhere, that they kind of have to make it a little better. I mean, is the stuff still going on? Yes. But have I been able to interact with students, with administration, with teachers to get a better idea? Yes. Do you, do you, um, do you get a sense that, uh, um, you know, that with your, you know, what, what's the sense that your daughter has? I mean, as far as, I mean, she, w again, what we heard in the paper is that most of the kids don't want to have anything to do with any kind of acting out. They just want to come to school enjoy their friends, enjoy their teachers and learning. Um, is your daughter, is it, is, is it an environment where your daughter can thrive? Uh, or, I mean, what does she feel about it? She feels as though it's getting better. It, and she came from, this is, she wasn't originally at Erie High. She didn't start at Erie High. She was at another high school in the area. And so it was kind of a culture shock for her to, to start going there. Um, but I don't think, I think it's all who you, who they associate with. She doesn't kind of 
hang out with the groups that are doing those kind of things. Um, so it's more of a hoping that she's not in the like again, like I said, not in the wrong the wrong place at the right time, more, the wrong time. More as as a as a victim as opposed to you know she you know well, being near yeah because in fact the proximity of the thing yeah right and for instance and I brought this up because we had our first parents group meeting I started organizing I worked in front of the administration to try to get something going um, during our first meeting I brought up the fact that she was just walking down the hall switching classes and they were in the process of handling a disruptive student who had caused some issues um, that, that I guess they had law enforcement there or the school district's law enforcement and they were trying to get this kid in handcuffs and when they ripped open the doors had she been four seconds before then that door would have smacked her in the face but luckily luckily it didn't happen but um so i think they're taking a, a better um approach to the things they're not letting things get out of hand as bad as they were last question for you again we've been talking to carrie tab uh she's a mom of an erie high school student and also uh went in front of the school board to kind of uh, make the whole community aware of some of the uh issues of fighting uh within the schools uh what would you say to parents for how they could be a part of the solution to some of this acting out and this bad behavior well, if they, they're more than welcome to come to any of our, we just, like I said, we started up this parents group at the high school. We meet the first Monday of every month at six o'clock in the library. Um, so it would be awesome to have more parental. We didn't have as big of a turnout as I would have liked. Um, we only had about seven or eight parents show up um, to the first meeting. So I would love for more parents to get involved and um, talk to your kids. I mean, I would have been in the dark had I not known or had a relationship with my daughter for her to show me those things. I mean, get involved in their life. Try to be more of a positive. In some of those instances, the parents were bringing those kids to fight. So it's changing even the, the outlook and the thinking of the parents. That's why we're hoping to get more parents involved, have more of a positive or even more of an outlet for these kids so I mean, we've taken everything away from them in the city of Erie. It, we used to have all kinds of, you know, like, let's, I'm going to show my age, like Sportland and things for them to do on the weekends and nights that could get them active, could get them where they're not hanging out with their friends, doing things that they shouldn't be doing, getting themselves into trouble. We, so we're trying to bring back a little bit more positivity to the school and make them proud to go there. I appreciate that very much. Carrie Tab, she's a mom from Erie High School. Thank you so much for sharing your story here on TalkErie.com, Carrie. Have a great day. I got kind of a, a rumble in my spirit after hearing uh, uh, the testimony and the, the, the story of uh, one Erie mom, Carrie Tab, uh, talking about how you know, her daughter has been close to harm's way with the uh, um, you know, disciplinary and uh, bad behavior going on at her school. And, and, you know, I'm sorry, but no kid deserves that. And so um, uh, if you're a concerned parent, uh, concerned grandparent, talk to your children about what, what life is like in their schools and get involved. I tell you what, I'm, I'm disappointed to hear that only four parents out of 2,200 students at Erie High, only four, uh, sorry, seven parents showed up for their parents' meeting last uh, that first Monday of the month. So what the heck is that? 
you know, what is that? Right. Uh, that, that shows me that there's, you know, that there's just a lot of apathy and, and I, I can, I can feel your pain because I was that parent teacher student organization leader. And we had a really, really hard time, even at collegiate, which is an elite school. Uh, we had a hard time getting parents involved in, at least in coming to meetings. You know, again, there's a, a lot of support for the kids. Uh, just don't make me come to meetings. So, you know, I mean, I don't know. Part of, part of this is, you know, how do you communicate? Part of this, how, how do you function? But I tell you what, parents do need to get involved with their kids' schools. It doesn't matter how old they are. You know, it's not like something that you, you just give up on when, you're, uh, when your kids leave elementary and go into high school. Now more, you know, at high school level, more than ever, do they need to know that, you know what, you're going to have strong communication with the administration. And, that, and, I, and by me being involved, I did have wonderful communication with the teachers, with the administration at my daughter and son's school. So, and, you know, boom, it's, it's uh, basic parenting, folks. It really is. Uh, staying in touch with your kids' schools. And, and, and when you have a concern, bring it up to them. And if they don't listen, continue to bring it up to them. If they don't listen again, yeah, do what Carrie Tab did. And you go to the school board and say, look, I'm not getting any relief here. Um, I need to talk to somebody uh, that uh, I need to make it known. And boy, and then the then the then the thing started moving for Carrie. The, you know the you know the you know things started started going on. So. Yeah, you got to make some noise. You got to make some noise. Make a difference. Yeah. Absolutely. Thank you for calling, Carrie. Today we're talking about recent concerns about fighting and violence in the halls at Erie High, and uh, intimately we um, uh, uh, very soon we'll be talking to Daryl Craig. He is from uh, the Blue Coats. He's the director of. Uh, a, a program that is designed to uh, have a, uh, have people that kids can talk to and uh, and also intervene in uh, keeping places safe uh, at our schools. And so we'll talk to Brother D as he known as he's known um, as soon as he gets here. But um, you know, I uh, j- it's it's interesting because we've been um, uh, working on this program for a week now. But yesterday, in the Erie Times News, was a, a editorial. Uh, this is their main opinion piece uh, of the Sunday paper, talking about more needed to keep peace at Erie High. And this is from the uh, Erie Times News and Go Erie editorial board. And, um, you, know, the, you know, when they're talking about when we combine the schools, there was some fear and trepidation. I was part of those conversations of whether combining the student bodies, school identities, and neighborhood loyalties into one building would lead to increased conflict and even violence. Um, but while fighting and other disciplinary incidents remain too common at Erie High School, the district's tracking of them shows things are trending gradually in the right direction. And again, uh, Ed Palatella, uh, um, you know, reported last week in the newspaper that the, the incidence of fights has been down from uh, uh, this year, from the years uh, past. And and uh, and they're down, you know, from when the schools were separate, and so that's that's really good. But there is this concept of of you know social media kind of puts an amplification on the incidents that do happen, and that's what uh, the mom Carrie Tab uh, had witnessed, and her daughter had witnessed uh, through videos that have been seen uh, across our community. And so again, the Erie Times News saying. Um, you know, uh, you know, 
disciplinary, disciplinary incidents remain too common, but we are moving in the right direction. And so, um, you know, uh, we are bringing on today Daryl Craig, and he is the uh, coordinator of the, what they are calling a peace initiative, the Blue Coats. And, uh, you know, they monitor and mentor students and, and they can kind of nip things in the bud, if you will. And, and again, we'll ask him about, um, you know, these situations which sometimes start in social media, you know, where there's some, dis- uh, uh, you know, uh, disrespect going on back and forth or, or, they're, or they're actually announcing on social media groups, you know, on Snapchat that, hey, there's going to be some kind of a fight or something and they're able to kind of intervene and, and nip it in the butt. So we'll find out more about that. Before we go much further, I do want to say that we're going to be live at the Erie Home and Garden Expo. That is this Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. We'll be doing the show on Friday uh, from 3 to 6 here. Uh, we'll be live just like we are in our studio today. Just a little bit more complicated, right, Shane? A little bit. A <laughs> little bit. Got to follow the chords and That's right. figure out how we're plugged into all of this madness. <laughs> Try to make it all work. But I yeah. do have a, a four-pack of Erie Home and Garden Expo tickets that are going to go to someone who signs up uh, between now and 545. Everybody uh, who signs up during the program here today um, uh, for our weekly news digest, and you can sign up at uh, talkerie.com forward slash sign up that's talkerie.com forward slash sign up or go to talkerie.com our website on your phone on your tablet on your desktop click on the newsletter sign up link at the top of the page okay and that's where you sign up to win I'm, i need it i need to like demonstrate it for for the facebook liver so i'm, I'm opening up my browser Okay, there's my uh, there's my browser, right? Wrong one. Boom. Okay, so there you go. Here's talkerie.com news digest sign up. You click on that and you type in your email address, your first name, your last name, and your zip code. You can do it right in your phone. Just don't do it while you're driving. Or you could do it on your tablet or you can do it on your desktop like I just did right now. So I'm already in there. I do get my own email but I'm not eligible to win. Uh, but yeah, every, every new uh, subscriber to the email uh, will be in, uh, uh, we'll do, you know, we'll pick a winner from those new subscribers between now and 545 for a four pack of tickets to the Erie Home and Garden Expo. And then uh, t- again, don't forget tomorrow, we will be talking to Mayor Joe Schember and he'll be here and giving us a city update. Uh, and I'm excited about, hearing about, you know, all of the different things. And we'll just kind of go through the different things that he's working on and what he's concerned about. And, you know, uh, as, uh, as they picked, for example, an early intervention uh, um, consultant. And they're going to actually use the same one that the school district has been using for their financial um, reorganization plan or the financial implementation plan. And so we're looking forward to hearing from Joe Schember, mayor of Erie, uh, tomorrow, along with uh, a guest from the Pennsylvania Municipal League, who, uh, again, their whole deal is um, consulting and advocating for third-class cities. So you have you have Philadelphia, you have Pittsburgh, and then you have everybody else. I think Scranton is like a second-class beast. I don't know. It's some goofy thing. But uh, everybody else is third-class cities. So Erie and Corey are third-class cities. And who's advocating for them? Well, this Pennsylvania Municipal League is. 
So we want to find out about the the struggles that some of those those uh, cities are having across Pennsylvania, and you know, and why can't we fix some of these struggles, right? So, hey, let's take a break, and we'll, when we come back, um, we're waiting on our guest uh, uh, Daryl Craig from the Blue Coats, and we're going to continue on with our conversation about um, improving, you know, and and the growing of the safety of uh, uh, our public school. We welcome to the microphone, Daryl Craig. He's the director of the Blue Coats and Kevin Stevenson. Welcome. Thank you so much for being with us today. Oh, you got it. Uh, and uh, um, I need I need Shaney to come back in here to make sure your mics are working okay. Um, and I don't know where she went. Anyway, I'm going <laughs> to... This is super live radio. Shane, we, we need mics to work, brother, sister. There you go. All right. All right. So there you go. Um, uh, all right. So let's let's talk about your origin story, Daryl. Um, did you grow up in Erie or, or how'd you no, get here? Actually, I grew up in Buffalo, New York, yep. and I had lived in Erie uh, actually a couple times. That visit passed through Erie back in the 70s. Yeah. So it was a nice place. I started dating a young lady I met in Buffalo who was from Erie. Okay. She brought me home, and um, we visited quite frequently from Buffalo. And it was just awesome. It was beautiful people. It looked like a great place to raise kids, and everybody seemed to be so friendly. Uh, kind of fell in love with it, you know. Mm-hmm. And um, stayed here, moved back home, decided, no, Buffalo had gotten a lot more rougher. Erie's a little safer. I'll go back. Didn't work out that time. I went back home. And a company I was working for, Dell Prince Fashions, owned a couple of outlets here in uh, the Mill Creek Mall, one in the Mill Creek Mall and one on that Broad Street Plaza. Okay, yeah. They had heard I had lived in Erie uh, before and they needed some help with that store, so they made me an offer I couldn't refuse. (laughs) And I transferred back to Erie to take over that location in the mall, and the rest is blue coat history. (laughs) (laughs) Beautiful. And, And Kevin, are you a transplant or did you grow up here? No, actually, I grew up in Pittsburgh. I came up to Erie June the 21st, 2006, and what brought me up was recovery. I had entered into the Erie City Mission, whereas that I completed an 18-month program, mm-hmm. had went on to uh, gain employment at the mission, worked there for 11 years, and um, just located here in Erie. It's been most advantageous and beneficial for me, and I am part of uh, co-founders of the Blue Coats mm-hmm. uh, over 11 years ago. Fantastic. All right, so let's get the Blue Coats started. You said you were a co-founder. How did it start, Brother D? Well, okay. Actually, when I went back to Buffalo, there was an organization in Buffalo uh, called Back to Basics Outreach Ministry who kind of took me in and uh, started helping me. I started attending their groups just as a means of having some support when I moved back home to uh, Buffalo. And myself having been in recovery was trying to get myself together. And it was a faith-based initiative, Mm -hmm. which is what I loved about it. And it was actually uh, uh, founded by some friends of mine who I knew and trusted. And I got involved with them. And one of the things they did was what's called street ministry. At that time, the murder rate in Buffalo was like off the charts. Uh, We were averaging 70 homicides a year. Oh, my goodness. I think at one time we we were up to 98 homicides. And a lot of these homicides were young kids, 14, 13 years old, 12 years old. And um, we had realized that what was missing um, 
in this effort was community outreach. You know, somebody to go out in the community and not just, you know, shout at these kids and tell them they need to do this and not just try to compel them to come, but to go where they were at. Yeah. And a lot of the guys that um, were a part of this organization, this Back to Basic Outreach uh, Ministry, were all former gang members and like myself. And we felt we owed that debt to the community for some of the things we had done in our past lives and who better than us Mm -hmm. to go out into that world and say, Hey, look, this is not going to work. And what we did was we went out with an apology and the apology was that we had not been there for our community. We had got lost in the madness of some of the things we were involved in and that neglect uh, set in, whereas we didn't pick up the torch from the Martin Luther Kings and Mm. the, and the Jesse Jacksons and all the the social and political and, and um, activists of our times. We never took the torch out of their hands and ran with it. We got lost somewhere. And so we felt it was incumbent upon us to go back first and apologize yeah. for having dropped the ball and then pick that ball up and begin to run with it. Wow. And so that's what we did. And Myself, having stayed there and trained with Back to Basics Outreach Ministries, when the opportunity, the job opportunity came to move back to Erie, I knew beyond a shadow of a doubt there was no way I was going to quit doing that type of work. And I was just fortunate enough to have relationships here with people like uh, Councilman Andre Horton, Councilman Curtis Jones, who led me to uh, probably the best introduction I ever had in my life, which would be Pastor Robert L. Gaines Jr., who has gone on to glory, as they say, Mm -hmm. but uh, became so instrumental in unlocking my spiritual destiny, which I believe was to be uh, involved with the Blue Coats. And so um, we set forth. He wanted an after-school program. I wanted to do street ministry. I submitted to the after-school program because he was the leader. But in the course of us doing that, the street ministry began to unfold itself because the kids that were coming to the after-school program were coming from the families, and they were the little brothers of those I would have been reaching out to anyway. And so um, some of the things, that, the, the tools we had acquired in Buffalo, we brought with us. Uh, one of the things was just going to certain neighborhoods and making our presence felt and known that, hey, we haven't been here for you, but we're here now. What can we do to help? That was it. Real simple. Did you stand on street corners with, yes. like, signs? Yes. A- yes. Am I right on yes. that? Yes. Oh, my yes. goodness. That's us. We picked the, <laughs> that was the, the very uh, initial, uh, uh, you know, part of the Blue Coats. Exactly. It was, the, it was the foundation. We just wanted to raise awareness about what was happening in the city of Erie and the fact that it would probably get worse if we didn't do something about wow. it. And as far as the Blue Coats go, it just so happened that the Erie School District took notice of some of the things we were doing and they saw how we were able to um, go in and out um, among community members. They had a gun scare after a homicide over at East High School at the time. Mm. Somebody called and said that there was a kid in the school with a gun and all these parents started showing up, demanding their kids be released. And, excuse me, Andre Horton and myself 
happened to be in the neighborhood, we went over and started helping out with crowd control. Okay. We knew all these parents. We knew there wasn't a gun in there. And so we started helping them kind of organize that situation. Dr. Bob Oliver happened to be on the scene and invited us to meet with them and start telling us some of the issues they were having with a lot of fighting after school and asked us if there was something we could do about it. We felt that we could. And wow. here we are. So we get invited to start at... And this is, what, 11 years ago-ish? No, Joe, it's actually more like 12, 13. Is that right? Yeah, okay. It's, it's been a while. We actually started at Wayne uh, School, Wayne and East. Yeah. And the first year, I remember, they was, we started in November. That December, all the kids made us uh, thank you cards. Nice. You know, the construction paper. Yeah. And green and red construction. And <laughs> every card. Like I mean, not one card did not reference our blue coats. I remember the one card that uh, said, "Dear Mr. Blue Coat Dude, thank you for keeping me safe." Right, wow. and all of these kids, every one of their cards referenced our jackets, which said "Nonviolence Initiative" on it, but they yeah. couldn't spell obviously "Nonviolence <laughs> Initiative," so they just talked about the blue coats. That's and beautiful. The nickname stuck. Mm. And and again. The felt need was there, Brother D. I mean, like, these were desperate kids wanting their school to be safer, and they recognized immediately that you guys were involved in doing something that was positive. Most certainly. Every kid, every kid thanked us for being safe. And, and it's even why I can say today with surety, like the few problems that we've had this year with Erie High, 90 to 99% of those kids don't want, they don't want anything to do with violence. They don't want anything to do with negativity. They're just great kids trying to have a normal uh, um, student experience, academic yeah. experience. And uh, sometimes things get blown out of proportion mm -hmm. and people um, see them the wrong way. Um, what's really isolated incidents because of social media now sure. has been blown so far out of proportion that it's it's unbelievable. But trust me, I would not say it if it weren't true. My kids attend that school. I have grandkids in that school. I have nieces and nephews in that school. The school is overall a great place. There's overall great students there. And for the most part, I can say that um, Erie School District, the Erie School District Police Department, the different organizations that are interacting with this school, everybody is 100% on board with making it a safe place. Uh, Brother Kevin, why don't you step up and I want to ask you about, you know, how is, uh, you know, now that we're 13 years into it, what is, what is a typical day look like for the Blue Coats? I mean, are, uh, uh, we're not on the street corner anymore, but we're actually connecting with kids into school, in school, and out of school. Can you talk about that? Sure, absolutely. On a daily basis, we make a positive impact as far as building rapport with the children, allowing them to be able to come to somebody as a mentor to, um, to listen to whatever it is that their issues may be, whether it's being bullied on or what have you, we're an ear to listen. And so um, over the years, we've established uh, a wonderful relationship with the children. We infuse positive energy in them, allowing them to believe that they are somebody of value, of importance, and that there is a promising future that lies before them. And I think that that was something that 
um, oftentimes they've neglected to really embrace because mm. they haven't had that 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 positive input as far as somebody mentoring that in them. And so that's one of the components of what we do on a daily basis. Wow. Wow. We're talking to Daryl Craig and Kevin Stevenson. They're from the Blue Coats. And if you have a question, 679-1080, we're We've got, we got about a minute left uh, before we go to uh, the news and then we'll stay uh, with our conversation here. You, you said that social media kind of blows things out of proportion, but a lot of the, a lot of the um, back and forth disrespect starts in social media. Can you talk about that a little bit? Exactly. And, and it's, very, it's very important that parents monitor and check in with their children's social media. I don't care if they're, as long as they're under your roof, as long as they're of age, every parent should be interested in what is going on with their child's social media. Social media has been weaponized, as we can oh see, in every, in every age group. And, and going unchecked with, you take uh, teenagers that are going through puberty, they're going through that transformation, as Brother Kevin alluded to, the reality that they come from might not be so healthy. All of this is going to spill out in social media. Yeah. And so social media becomes a sounding board for juvenile frustrations, juvenile angst. Important topics today as we talk about safety and security in our schools. Again, a lot of press about um, different incidents at Erie High. You know, is it safe? And we went to the person that knows what's happening at the ground level. We have Daryl Craig. He is the director of the Blue Coats. Brother Kevin Stevenson uh, He's also a member of the Blue Coats. And gentlemen, thank you so much for being a, a part of our conversation here. Ken Nixon is coming. Uh, he's from Erie's Public Schools, the coordinator of educational diversity, equity, and inclusion. All right, so let's let's talk about modeling, and um, uh, because uh, what 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 a, a concern that I have is is that you know other than you know the positive role models and the mentoring that the blue coats bring, uh, are there other 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 people in these troubled children's lives that are acting out with bad behavior? You know. Or, or is this the context that they're coming from? Well, in some cases, in some cases, there is. There, uh, the the local churches play yeah. a big role in that, as we discussed off air. Um, but then you have some of these kids that are playing um, different sports at uh, the Y. They are uh, they participate in things like the Erie One. It's that village concept. Yes, everybody has a role to play. But there's so many kids coming from so many diverse realities where in my home, maybe finances is the issue in this kid's home. It might be drugs in this kid's home. It might be a total breakdown of the family unit. And so we have to embrace each and every student, mind, body, and soul, the way we see Mm -hmm. it, we must be prepared to be a comfort or a help in whatever area that we can with these children because there are so many challenges facing the kids of 2019. And it's been that way, Joe. You'll know for the last 40 years, it's just been getting worse and worse in society. Wow, yeah. But that's what comes to our schools. Yeah. The, you talked about broken families, a breakdown of the family, and, uh, and, and just some of the, 
some of the, the brokenness of people, populations in our community. Talk to that. And, and how do you bring healing as a blue coat? Well, first, you have to check yourself and examine yourself. For me, I came from brokenness. And that's how I'm able to identify it. I came from a family unit that was broken at the age of nine. uh, My mother disappeared and there was talk that my father had murdered her. There was talk that she left to be with another man. I was a middle child of nine other children and one fell swoop. That whole family was destroyed just by the announcement that my mom was missing. Now that's over 50 years ago. I had to go through a lot to get healing from that. I found my healing in my faith. But what I did understand was these types of incidents, maybe not with the disappearance of a parent, but the loss of a parent on so many different levels could be happening, and it is happening in the lives of a lot more children than just myself. Talking about trauma, basically. Trauma, exactly. Some of these kids are in growing up in the most traumatized neighborhoods in this city. They have been witnesses to some of the most violent of crimes. Uh, Drug usage is is prevalent. Um, Breakdown in that family structure once again due to mass incarceration and Mm -hmm. things of that nature. So we have the whole potpourri of human issues that exist in every neighborhood, every neighborhood. So it's incumbent upon the communities to adjust with society. Now, our schools are going to always need extra support and should always have community involvement. Sure. Somewhere we allow this myth to exist that the, Erie, that the school district, not just Erie, but our school districts and our communities are two different separate things. Mm. They can't be. It's impossible. Schools are in the community. The people from the community are in the schools. Okay. Well, hey, I, you know, just on a totally <coughs> different uh, track, I asked the mayor about this because I said, you know, you can only attract so many businesses. You can only do so much economic development as good as your schools are. People, I mean, it's like the number one thing that site selectors look at. Well, how good are the schools there? Yep. Exactly. You know, so again, you, you guys are doing more than just sowing into people's lives. You're sowing into the future of the community. We hope so. We really do. And that's our intent. Like I said, the purpose was mind, body, and soul. And to highlight the fact that we have great schools. We have great teachers. We have great administrators. We have great people coming in from the community. And more than anything, we have great students and great potential that walk through that door. So we all need to get behind that in order for the city to work. Uh, Brother Kevin, speak up to to the thought of attitude. A lot of the things that we talk about, it's just that we just down talk our kids. We down talk our schools. Uh, talk a little bit about that. Well, attitude is one of my um, one of my strong points. And I often like to use an analogy with the children that I um, interact with. And attitude is like the thermostat that's on the wall Hmm. it regulates the atmosphere of the environment and so is our mind if we allow our minds to be like the thermostat on the wall then we can regulate the atmosphere of our attitude and i believe that we can accomplish more with a positive attitude than we can with a negative attitude Uh, to that end 
Could there be a source of positive peer pressure that kind of de-escalates these things before they get to? I mean, are there are there kid influencers? Are there peer influencers that are happening in the schools? All the time. And there's wow. more of those things taking place in 2019, 2018, 2017 that never get talked about. Yeah. I've seen kid after kid after kid, groups of kid actually talking I'll tell you what, here's one for you. The first ever incident at Erie High School that was noise was made about, there was what looked like a brawl on the lawn on Cherry Street, right? And there was somebody put it out on one of these, uh, I forget what, Snapchat alert, or something, something? alert something. Oh, the Erie Alerts, yeah, okay. yeah. And at first sight, it looks bad. Because there's a gang of kids and you can hear the emotionalism and you see two kids square off. But if you got a video camera rolling and you count the seconds, four seconds into these two kids mouthing at each other and begin to square off, you see other kids intervening. Eight seconds in, you see six seconds in, you see blue coats. Eight seconds in, you see Erie Police Department and Erie School District Police. And it was over. It it was over shorter than any of my my radio commercials, right? (laughs) Exactly, but because there was so many. And that happens, Joe, all the time. I see kids put their arms around other kids and walk them in the opposite direction. More times than not, we have kids who will come to us and let us know, hey, so-and-so and so-and-so are not getting along. They're getting a little antsy, look like they might get into it today. You might want to talk to them, okay? And so that doesn't get highlighted, though. Yeah. But talk about the things that you do need to work on. I mean, uh, one of the biggest fears when they were putting the schools together is that there were literally, and there was, they call them networks, mm-hmm. you know, at Unified Erie, but they could be called gangs. I right. mean, the East Side and West Side gang. Does that, is that happening? Is there still that existence there in Erie High? We have not. And I say this proudly, I'm not going wood, whatever it takes, not to jink it, but we have not had one gang or network related incident at that school. Okay. Erie High did something phenomenal. I'll give credit to our team for going out before the actual merger into the neighborhoods, I saw the coach, the football coach, begin to bring athletes over ahead of time and making sure everybody understood that there was no sense in thinking divided because we were no longer divided. We were all one. So those mini camps and him being a man of faith, I think had a lot to do with it. Um, The work we did, the work the every school district and everybody concerned went out ahead. We had meeting after meeting after meeting and strategy after strategy after strategy before the actual date of the merger, before those doors opened, things were in place and the message was sent. And then let's talk about Unified Erie's yes. impact because in Unified Erie had gone out ahead of us all and began uh, doing the call-ins, they had implemented their uh, reentry strategies and the message that was being sent forth from a unified effort. The message got out. 
that those days were no longer being tolerated. And I think everybody's little piece of work trickled into that building from day one and is still there now. And we haven't had any of those incidents. Wow. By God's permission. <laughs> By God's permission. You mentioned Unified Erie, and I, I want to bring up the religiosity initiative again because, um, you know, the the Take Me to Worship campaign talks about having children participate in religious activity one hour per week and that it could be a, a, a positive development in their lives. Um, talk about, uh, you know, the kind of outreach that is happening for uh, for these children that, you know, to, to get to worship, to get to church, synagogue, uh, to their, to their house of worship. Well, with us, uh, brother Kevin and myself, both being ministers of the gospel, uh, you know, we're limited at a school as to our outreach as far as religiosity goes and religion goes. So we don't ever, unless we already have that relationship, unless it's already in, uh, in place. We never promote any religion whatsoever. Mm-hmm. The beautiful thing about the Blue Coats is that we look like the religiosity campaign is because we have people from all faiths yeah. that are on board with the Blue Coats. And so if there's kids that um, are from the Islam faith, there are people from the Islamic community that participate as a blue coat that probably know these kids and can interact better than we can. Whether the kid is Catholic, we have Catholics on board, mm-hmm. so on and so forth. Yeah. But the beautiful thing and what we would like to see even more is more of the religiosity campaign, and that is because of the data. Yeah. The data does not lie. You talked about it off air just a minute ago. The benefits, the benefits. Better grades. From a kid that yeah. participates, what is it, one one or two hours a week? Yeah. Higher, they score higher. Less likely to be involved with violence, drugs, suicide, teenage pregnancy. Um, more respectful, more relaxed, more secure in themselves. There's data after data after data that highlights the benefits of this campaign. And I think that that religiosity, this is just Brother Daryl, but I think the religiosity campaign is the best piece in the whole equation and that we should always keep it in the forefront. I appreciate that. And again, it all goes together when you think about, uh, you know, uh, the you know, uh, family disorganization and, you know, and religiosity and, you know, trying to get some of those uh, preventative factors, you know, encouraging kids um, when when they do uh, good things, you know, having the the awards for them and, and encouraging also people that work with children, the youth work awards and so and Joe, on. So, I'm glad you mentioned that, because one of the things that we have been concerned with as of late, we saw it when um, Erie went down to Pittsburgh just recently in a basketball tournament. And the report that came back from the Blue Coats and the staff that went with the children was that the school spirit was so very, very high Mm. that it was just phenomenal, the school spirit and the way our children represented Erie High, that we wanted to make sure that we find a conduit Mm. to get that spirit to be prevalent in this school and to start pushing that spirit even more and more. Every kid should be able to be proud of his or her school. With that being said, Fred Belitnikoff Field. Oh man. Sits behind Erie High. 
And I'm asking anybody and everybody under the sound of my voice to support us in our efforts, along with other people, to come to the table, start strategizing and talking about how to make that feel better, improve that feel for our students. You know, that is that that could be a, like a line in the sand, couldn't it? I'm just saying, you know, if you really want to express your your support for the students of the Erie's public schools, let's make let's let them have a decent practice field. Exactly. You know, look and a decent work. track. I mean, gosh, you look know. at the work. Unif- I mean, uh, serve Erie was able to do. Just by bringing those volunteers together, we yeah. got the gym painted, we got the school restored after the fire. There's so much that we can do if each and every one of us is willing to do just a small part. There's enough of us that we can get this done for our children. Absolutely. I believe that. If nothing else, if we all come together and just paint the sign. <laughs> We have a sign now behind the I'm school. holding out for decent bleachers. I'm, I'm sorry. A, a Hall of Famer. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Yeah. He's got, yeah. A Hall I, of Famer. It, it, when he comes to town, it's got to be rough it for is, him to it, see it, that. He's, he's, he's in board. There's been conversation with him. He yeah. would like to see and help. He's he, offered to help. Oh, has he really? Yes. Yeah. And we need to do that. And we need to get the children involved mm-hmm. in the remodeling of it so that they can take pride in their campus. We need to do that drastically. We're talking to Brother D, uh, Daryl Craig, and Brother Kevin, Kevin Stevenson. They're from the Blue Coats here. It's the Joel Natale show. As we talk about, you know, the the you know the the situation uh, on the ground in Erie's public schools. You may, you've read things, you've seen things on television, you've seen some uh, really horrific. Uh, viral video, um, but maybe not everything is as it seems. And again, um, you know, I, again, there's 2,200 kids in that school. Yep. I mean, um, there is bound to be some kind of issues. The but here I do, and and again, uh, we're we're still waiting on uh, someone from the administration because I do have some questions for them. But uh, you know, uh, we we uh, we we you know, parents if they have concerns. They need to be responded to in a timely manner. I, exactly. I think that's that's super important. There was, there was some confusion about that because there <laughs> were. I know that there was some statements made that a parent didn't um, feel that they were responded to, but I know for a fact that somebody at one of the buildings had actually spoken with that parent. Okay. Okay, and there was, uh, but that still doesn't diminish the fact that there always needs. Yeah. To be a quick and timely response to a parent who has any concern, no matter what the level is. That's just the nature of things. That's my kid in that school. I want to know and I need to know when exactly I ask. Yeah. So, Com- communication, I think, would go a long way. And, and it's something that I, I mentioned to the superintendent as well is that, you know, we just need to tell the good stories about our schools. And and right now, mar- we fall down on the job with marketing, and I know they're working on that. Uh, and maybe Mr. Nixon could help us uh, learn more about what's happening. We're going to add uh, uh, to the microphones here Ken Nixon. He's the coordinator of Educational Diversity, Equity, and Inclusion of Erie's Public Schools. Welcome, Ken. Thank you so much. Mr. Nally, thank you very much. I appreciate it. You got it. Okay. We've been talking about the blue coats, and, and I, w- I want to – get your administration perspective on on working together with the blue coats to kind of you know stem the tide uh, you know and, and nip these these behavioral issues in the bud how does it work 
Well, I'd say, I mean, if we could talk about the Blue Coats, I mean, it goes back probably inception when they really started to begin um, their walk in the school district. Um, I know myself, I know Dr. Badams was uh, superintendent back then. I know myself as assistant principal at Strong Vincent, and uh, that's when I got to meet Brother D and uh, a lot of, and I believe Kevin too, and a couple other ones. And I think that what, what happened was um, you started to know right away that there was a reach that the Blue Coats had that we didn't. And that was automatic. You could already sense that. They knew a lot of people um, in the community that we didn't have ties to or that we didn't have connections to. And so the whole point of it was to bring that community involvement piece and to bring that um, the, the perspective that we are, we're going to work together um, as an outside agency, but with the district. And I know there's all, there's, there's been, you know, there's been issues where trying to bring in merger in other, other um, agencies and that into the district, sometimes people get uh, prideful or they have barriers, <clears throat> excuse me. But I think the, the knowing in the beginning, maybe the first two, three years and brother D with no more thing, um, having the blue coats come in, it was, it was tough. You know, people were questioning and what was going on and mm. what are they here for? Why are they doing this? But I think now, uh, you know, I think those of us that knew, their reach and knew the character and the integrity and their mission um, can see now, you know, moving now full speed that um, the impact that they've made uh, and the reach that they had. Brother D, last word, because uh, we're going to go uh, to, to news in a second. How does it work with teachers and administrators and the, the police force on, on tap? It, it, I mean, is there just a lot of coordination and communication? Yeah, for us, one of the things we do, one of the things we do, we have uh, regular meetings where everybody concerned is at the table. And then we have also people who are in the necessary need to know spots that uh, will make sure that they get that information about what's going on. And one of the things we do is if we know ahead of time there's a situation brewing out in the community that involves our students, first thing we're going to do is alert the school. Okay, because we know that there's no one size fit all cure for it. And we need their expertise, the training that they have, the different resources they have in place for our students and families to uh, bring that to bear. And we bring that information to the school and then we sit down together and we strategize how we can offset this thing and how can we make this thing uh, turn this thing into maybe a positive for our students yeah. and families. And it just seems to work. Today, we're specifically looking at recent concerns about fighting and violence in the halls at Erie High and what efforts are being made to reducing bad behavior in the classroom in the hallways. We had uh, Daryl Craig and Kevin Stevenson uh, earlier uh, from the Blue Coats and uh, the good work that they're doing to make uh, our, uh, school, our schools more safe and secure and uh, by building mentoring relationships and connections with uh, with the children. And now we have Ken Nixon. He's the coordinator of educational diversity, equity and inclusion at Erie's public schools. And and Ken, before you jump right in, I want uh, this is a family show. We'd like to get the origin stories. Uh, where did you grow up? How did you get to your position now? OK, well, definitely born and raised from Erie, PA. Um, no, no, went to various schools and uh, from graduated from Central High School. Uh, in 96 and then pursued on to Claren University, uh, did my bachelor's um, of elementary special education. Mm-hmm. And then from there, I actually pursued arena football because my heart was in. Thinking, yeah. Thinking so did you play for the Falcons? Uh, yeah, um, absolutely. I'm sorry. Yeah, so <laughs> I played I played football in high school, played football, track and field. 
Okay. Um, and then when in Clarion, uh, Clarion you, University, you, went you, to scholarship player, scholarship Oh, wonderful. Athlete. Division um, two. Division nice. two, yeah. Um, redshirted my first my freshman year because they had like fourth, fifth year seniors. They were really tough. And if anybody yeah. knows Clarion football, they uh, went to the wire uh, one game before the championship, lost at home. But um, uh, then uh, the next year started, um, you know, ended up being a four-year starter. Uh, and then I actually did get to pursue and do track. And I did, I threw the shot put in discus okay. too there, which nice. was pretty cool at the college level. Um, yeah. Uh, definitely you, you get humbled and respect. You get, earn a lot of respect for some of the guys throwing 70, 78 feet though. But, well, uh, isn't it amazing when, okay, you, you know, uh, this is what, it, it, just a total rabbit trail on track. But uh, what, what, if, what fascinates me is when somebody can like diss, uh, uh, let's say a, a field thrower, mm-hmm. um, at the Olympics and, you know, let's say he, you know, has this enormous distance, but he comes in 10th, you know, and they're, they're all disappointed. And I'm like, do you have any idea what he's gone through to get to the Olympics? Yeah, amazing. I mean, yeah. these at the top of the world, Absolutely. it just, you know, this is how it plans out. You know, yeah. I mean, cause so many kids do track and it's a really great sport, you Absolutely. know, to get a lot of kids involved. Yeah. So, okay. So after Clarion, you got your undergrad at Clarion. Your undergrad at Clarion, but like I said, bachelor's in elementary special education, uh, pursued arena football, played down in Georgia for a little bit, and then um, made it made a decision to uh, come back to Erie. There was a position available for a special education position, and also coaching position for the football team at, wow. at, at would have been Central High School then. Sure. Uh, so came back and uh, also had uh, a son. You know, had a, I think he was two years old at that time, or a year and some change. You know what I mean? And, and my girlfriend, who's my wife now. Uh, so there were some some deciding factors that made settling that, down. Yeah, made that decision to come on back home and. Um, which was, you know, so I, I taught, uh, I ended up going right into the classroom, taught learning support mathematics and also tied in with some of the life skills programs. Mm-hmm. Um, and then got to coach. I mean, that was like a dream come true. Wow. I'm back at, I'm back walking in the same, you know, um, how hallways that I was actually a student of. So now I'm a teacher of, you know, and fantastic. Yeah. And speaking, you know, and speaking of that, there's not many black males that are, you know, teachers in our um, school. So being the fact that I was there, you know, I always made it a point to have the shirt and tie on, you know, make sure that I'm, mm-hmm. I'm out and about and, and showing students that, Hey, if I can do it, you know, you can do it. So, um, but uh, now talk about your current job because uh, it is, it's a, it's a new job it's a new position last couple of years and it's a pretty strategic position for Erie's public schools. Yes. Yeah. Now I have to say, you know, thank you to uh, Mr. Polito, Ms. Zabersky, definitely for having faith and confidence in me. Um, and I, th- I think definitely the work of um, having Mr. Polito, you know, move from our chief financial officer into the superintendent position. Um, he had the vision to look to, to know that we need to enhance our diversity, yeah. our equity and our inclusion. So um, definitely is a unique position when, when you got into it, when you got into it and you can start to have conversations with, um, other people that are diversity and inclusion throughout the state. Um, I've talked to people in Reading and Pittsburgh and different spots. Um, it still is a rarity, though. I mean, it's still something that it's it's getting better. I think our state definitely starts to realize the importance of this work, um, but it's still a, a unique position and one that people are always kind of curious to you know what is it that you're what is it that you're really trying to accomplish? Right. Let's let's uh, we're we're going to jump back to that in a second. I want okay. I want to deal with the the issue at hand of, of this. Uh, of this perceived, um, you know, uh, fights and things going on at Erie High. Mm-hmm. What's your view of uh, of the situation at Erie High as, as you see it? 
I mean, from from what my knowledge and, and involvement in it, what I see is that you know there's a spike. Um, I think across the school district and could have been across the state of all public education um, entities. Um, you know, we a lot of schools mentioned they saw a spike in January. There's always little months that spike up October, January. Uh, oh, so, why would that be? I well, wonder. I think that oh. Well, if you go back and you think a lot about um, just in terms of uh, families, in terms of just um, behaviors and the the fact that what's going on, um, holidays, you know, it, it, um, Halloween's going on and then Christmas is coming and the pressure. For, so they're like bored or? No, I think it's more. I think it's a lot. I would, if you asking me, I would say it's tied more into dysfunctional dysfunction in terms of households. Okay. And in terms of uh, people not having that emotional connection to a really strong family. Um, tie. So I think that what happens is a lot of times the behavior spike because uh, if you know that you're going on break, and you know that, you know, people are spending time with families. And if you think about our culture and everything that we share in schools about Christmas time and Halloween and Thanksgiving, right? It's always about this family and this dynamic and this and that dynamic. But we don't think about the impact that that has on those kids that are going home to no one or, or to dysfunction. A, yeah, to wow. a mother that's not there and not present. So what happens? You start to harbor anger and 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 then you start to get resentment and all those emotions build up. And if you're 12, 14, 8, you know, nine, seventeen, um, I think I do. I fullheartedly believe that's why you see the spikes in those around those months and those times. It's it's based on those hardships that kids are going through and and then kind of it, it's coming out in a negative manner and a negative behavior. But um, to, to speak specifically to the, the fighting, I, I do believe that it was a, you know, it's it's still a small circle. And a lot of times, you know, we, we hear about negative behaviors and it's negative behaviors can be tough. I mean, if you're a classroom teacher, they can ruin your they can they could really ruin months of your year, hopefully not your whole year. Um, if you're a building administrator, it can be a difficult, the whole, the, the duration of dealing with those behaviors. Um, but still, we have to remember that it's a very small circle, uh, and I believe in, in a small percentage of the, the negative behaviors. But when it comes to the fighting, I full, fully believe that it's a small group um, that were, that of students that were involved. And so it takes a little bit of time to get through, and especially now with the, um, the ease of having social media, it's it's not a difficult thing to you know, if a kid videotapes a fight and then that kid's he and it goes out to thousands, you know, and then there's going to be family connections in there. There's going to be, you know, and people are going to it's just going to build. So I think when you have to take take on that magnitude of all the anger and frustration coming out of that, you know, I have to give kudos to the administrators at Erie High and the Blue Coats and everybody that's been involved to try to do. They have got it under control because um, it's going to be a very difficult, difficult situation and process. Do you um, do you feel that uh, that, you know, the the whole group of folks, you know, that the the other children that are not involved, the the teachers and the other administrators, again, you have people, you know, in a, in a school of twenty two hundred people, yeah. there's a lot of people Absolutely. in the building. Absolutely. You know, and are they are they confident that they're safe, I guess, is the question. Yeah, I mean, I think if you ask that question, it's going to depend on the certain person. I think that. Most, I think a lot of, uh, most of our staff that have been in our schools um, that are coming from a, from a public school setting do feel comfortable and they do feel safe. And they know that because that kid might be throwing an F-bomb or if that kid might be punching at a locker or, or there's just a fight, they know that, that, that nine times out of 10, that kid is not going to turn and go back after you. You know, mm-hmm. A lot of times they will de-escalate based on the fact that the adult is present. Um, I would say most of our staff feel definitely feel strong in that. Um, I mean, that's why you don't hear about many staff getting, I mean, you don't hear about many staff getting attacked or hurt yeah. or harmed. Um, 
because a lot of times that's they, they know that the anger in that is towards that particular individual or that group, um, not necessarily to all the adults around. And, and it's funny you mentioned about the 2200 because I was just talking to somebody last week talking about, hey, what's going on with the fights? You know, and it's and somebody said, you know, one thing is, it, you know, you don't think about it, but 2200, right? You have two kids that are fighting, yet how, you have about 700 that just walk by that are going to class, that yeah. want to be in class on time. And, you know what I mean? So sometimes we have to, that's kind of why I start off saying we have to be very um, cautious of letting the negative um, interactions and the negative situations become our become our main mindset and become our culture. Unfortunately, yeah, that that those two bad actors, you know, you know, if we if we let them mm-hmm. can dictate the narrative, right? Mm-hmm. Yes, they can dictate the narrative, which it, and it's just all perception. Mm-hmm. Uh, the 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 you know the important thing is to make sure that. Uh, you know that the rest of the rest of the folks that are trying to either make a living and educate a kid or just be that kid uh learning or that other person that's serving food or or, or cleaning the place is is uh in a, in a place where it's you know that they that they feel safe that they're able to to excel absolutely absolutely and i think the one point with that is what i what i what i've also heard again as as a as a um district administrator is that you know we talk about those other students and a lot of the students, they've had enough. They don't, they don't want to have to deal with negative behaviors, people fighting, constant drama. Um, they want to come to a school that is successful, that is safe. You know, so that's what's great about bringing on. Um, they have a group, the Positive Youth Development Group. They have a group of students. I believe there's almost 16 kids that they're juniors, sophomores, juniors, and seniors. And it comes from a 40-asset model of Positive Youth Development. And they, they brought this group together. And these kids have helped make tremendous strides with just getting kids to talk about the, the violence, um, the negative behavior, and how, how can they curb that? And what can they do to put a positive spin throughout the, throughout that school, even with some of this other negativity going on? So, I mean, those are some of the little, those are some of the, the smaller things that we don't hear about. Sure. Um, but that are taking place, and it's because of the, the, the teachers, administrators, and some of the students in there that are, that are coming together to make sure that, posit- that the positive light is shown and not letting the negativity over, overtake it. Stepping up, uh, what about this uh, new parent group? Uh, do you see some hope there uh, that, from what from your perspective of, you know, if we can get some more parents involved? I mean, that's always a tough, tough go uh, in, in any school, really. Yeah, absolutely. And it's, it's funny you mentioned parents because uh, under goal four, which is um, the one goal, the goal that I, that I help um, support through our strategic plan. One of the buckets, we have three buckets, but one of the buckets is parent engagement. And I mean, we we're, most of our goals have something about parent engagement because we know how critical it is. But I do feel like that is one area that we really, really need to, we need to build a major bridge. Uh, we need community, we need, the community is huge, but we have a lot of community that's involved. We can get better, but it's the parents. It's really building that bridge and getting the parents to come out. Um, you know, because we always we we laugh. You know, we joke around a little bit that at the PT at the PTOs or PTSOs or some of the other breakfast functions, we get the same ten parents. You know, yeah. it's like we need the other parents to realize. <laughs> Remember yeah, that you, you'd be you'd be one of them, right? <laughs> right. If it's okay. I was always one of yeah, those guys. You're one of, the, you're one of the leaders of the PTSO at, at Collegiate, so. right? But yeah, it's like we we have those parents, but we need the other parents. We need mm-hmm. the parents that are working the two to three jobs that are struggling to keep food on the table. We need the parent that. Um, is 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 going to back to school right now to try to do better for their their son or daughter. We need a parent that might have been suspended from school or expelled mm-hmm. and and feels that loss and connection back to the school. That's what we're really trying to do to make that that connection. And the the group that they're building at Erie High, I definitely feel will make a major impact. 
Um, no, my, my kids go to, I have two, my older kids go to collegiate and two play for Erie high. So my yeah. wife's actually involved. She was at the meeting. So, you know, I, I know that it's important, you know, and these are, we're invested and we, but we have to continue to, to get that message across that, you know, it doesn't matter where, what you went through, what your, your school experience was, that it's a, it's a necessity that we need you at the table. And it's really important for your son or daughter as well. Hello, you're live on the Joel Natale Show with Ken Nixon and Joel Natale on TalkEerie.com. Hi, it's Carrie Tab again. I was just, I've been listening since I got off the phone. Hi, Carrie. <laughs> I apologize. And I just wanted to chime in. I've been listening and I, I was getting more and more frustrated I was, as I was listening. Okay, and go ahead. Share, that, share your frustration. That, 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 well, the, the gentleman you have there now, there was the most politically correct administration driven answers on some of the things that he said. Those are the same cockamamie story reasonings that I was getting when I was calling in or trying to get anything accomplished. The, Oh, things are declining. Oh, things are this. Oh, th- no, we need to stop sugarcoating the things that are going wrong. The, when, when you use the excuse that um, October, November, because of holidays and things, again, that's another sugarcoated answer. So we need to nip it in the butt and we need to address the real issues. Well, and again, uh, why things are going the way the way <laughs> I, I was just getting overly frustrated listening. <laughs> okay. And I appreciate you calling I, again to, you know, I mean, you acknowledge the fact that the actual numbers of incidents has been decreasing, but again, there, there's no number of incidents. That's, that's, that's a good thing. You know, Ken, I'll ask you to respond. Yeah, no, not a problem. So uh, Carrie, I appreciate you, you know, um, calling in and, and as far as a political response or, or what have you, I just, you know, I, I think that it would be remiss of, of you and I to definitely overlook the fact that it definitely does make an impact. Um, you know, I, I know you're saying holidays and a little laughter, but it definitely is, is a very real thing when it comes down to um, our students and where they come from and the type of lifestyle that they have to live in. And the fact that when they come in the door, you know, that they, 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 they come from those situations. Um, it's something very real real that we have to deal with. And if you have had any conversations with probably any of our teachers within our school district, they could probably tell you stories that they've dealt with, um, that they've had to help students with a number of things. Um, you know, it's it's a very real it's a very real for some of our students that come from these types of households. Now, not every household is going through that. Um, and then I, I know that, you know, a lot of the other aspects we talk about. Um, the impacts of trauma and, and, you know, one of the, one of the reasons, one of the characteristics that we can get from trauma is um, divorce. Um, that's one bit, one big area and, you know, family breakups. So, I mean, when we talk about that, we know that divorce is at a high rate as well. So th- those, even though we might not think that it might make the impact it does, but those types of things also contribute to negative behaviors and acting out or lashing out. Um, so, I mean, there, there, there's multiple um, layers to it, but I, I don't want to, talk too much, but I mean, go ahead. I, I'm here kind of what you have to say. Well, I, again, I'm just trying to, there's more, again, just like you said, there's more to it. There's more layers. There's more, but why can't they communicate those things with us as parents? Why was everything so brushed under the rug? Why was everything so denied when we clearly knew that those fights were going on, when we clearly knew that there was disciplinary issues that they were fluffing? Why were we not, why were we as parents of students, that, are, that attend Erie High, why were we not advised of any of that stuff? Why? Oh, I'm just, I'm just right. getting more and more fired up. This is the reason why this parent group 
needs to have more parents because I know I'm not the only parent that gets frustrated and I'm not the, not the only parent that feels the way that I do. I appreciate it, Carrie. Thanks so much. We're, we're down to just a couple minutes here, so I'm going to have to uh, let you go. Thank you. Um, That's fine. All right. Yeah. Uh, the communication thing is just is huge. And, and sure. again, we, look, we've been saying it really needs to, you know, uh, you know, here's a parent that really, really wants to, mm-hmm. to know. And, um, and, and, and she needs to be, uh, um, communicated with and respected. Um, I, we have like three minutes left, Ken. I want to ask about what are some of the, the work that you're doing as far as, uh, disproportionate discipline at schools, uh, number one, and also this whole idea of uh, just having more people that of color that are in the teaching and the administration, uh, at Erie's public schools. Okay. Not a problem. It's a lot of ground, a lot of ground. Yeah. Real quick. Yeah. Yeah. So, so basically I had mentioned the go for, and I, I definitely don't like to tag I or my, or me on anything because it's a, it's a, it's a collaborative approach and it takes, um, you know, the goal for team is made up of at least 12 to 15 individuals. Um, but the goal, goal for's main, um, emphasis, um, actually as a district, our strategic plan that we put in, we focused on goal three and goal four. Goal three was more about around our curriculum, which is why we adopted a new CKLA and, and we're getting ready to look for another math curriculum. That's for the elementary ages. Um, but for goal four, that's focused specifically on equity, fairness, and justice. Uh, so one of the big pieces that we're doing this year is to have a 50% reduction in our, <clears throat> excuse me, African-American black student behavior events. Uh, and that was a huge feat to tackle. And a lot of people were very, you know, uh, cautious of how we're going about it. How we have gone about it is, I mentioned to you those three buckets. Uh, one was family engagement. Another one was to focus on our student assistant program and uh, layering those supports. Um, and so what we did was we we took the necessary steps to come together, build collaboration. Um, we had a core team of over a hundred individuals that that helped us derive. I want to just back a little, helped us derive and get us to this point of focusing on the African American um, students um, and why that was so important. And that goes. And you don't you don't see this kind of um, this situation of disproportionate uh, discipline in New Americans or any of the other uh, people groups. Well, I mean, when we when we look at this, the reason why I mean, I know when we talk, we start talking about race. You know, a lot of people yeah. get sensitive immediately. But so I would say, right now, our focus is not on the new refugee students. Okay. Do we see some behaviors that come out of there? Um, we see some behaviors, but it's nowhere near to the extreme that we have in our African American Black population, okay. and that's a lot to do with disproportionality that you mentioned. Mm-hmm. Um, and then also with that was the, the school to prison pipeline that we talk about. Right, those things all kind of coincide and co- correlate with each other. So that's why we made the necessary step that we wanted to focus on bringing that be, bringing the behavior down by fifty percent, and we will continue until we have proportional data, a, a proportional dispropor- a proportional. Discipline attained, excuse me. And a lot of this is training of teachers to, you know, to kind of diffuse issues, right, I would think. And, Correct. Correct. and then also, you know, of, 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 uh, of just, you know, what is the trigger that really does deserve, you know, a trip to the principal's office, I would imagine. Yeah, so and again, I, I'm not in your world, but. No, that's fine. Yeah. So what we did was we, we really um, focused on particular area. One particular um, framework that we went, went after was school-wide positive behavior intervention and support. Okay. It's called SWIBIS or PBIS. A lot of people know it. I know Fort LaBeouf does it. It's, in, it's popular in a lot of public school sectors. Um, the big part of that was to help with special education suspensions and to really put okay. put supportive play, pieces in. But it, it's a, it positive behaviors for everyone. And really it's focused kind of like academics. If somebody doesn't get it, you should reteach, teach, and, and model sure. until they get it. And that's really the emphasis 